welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, I am back with Ahmed by popular demand. Uh, If you guys missed part one, everybody was loving it. It was one of the best interviews we've done on the channel to date, if not the best. So I had to bring him back for part two. Ahmed, thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed our questions and, you know, everything we went through on the first episode. So I'm excited for this. Yeah. So today, uh, you know, you're like an open book, which is crazy because, you know, in the space, it's not always common for that. Uh, So in part one, we talked about your story, kind of how you got started, what led you to this crazy level of success. And like, you're still going to keep keep going, obviously. Uh, Hit me up when you cross the $100 million threshold. But today we're going (laughs) to talk more about like your actual brands, um, some of these brands that your company owns that are uh, that you're fulfilling the products for and, and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see like, you know, what you're willing to share here on this video. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I want to get into everything. I think it's um, there's going to be a lot of key takeaways. I want to show the types of products that we're able to manufacture um, and how we even pivot these brands to become successful, because I promise you when they initially launched, none of them were right aside from Canvas Freaks. And so it takes a level of iteration uh, and effort and grit to kind of get to a successful point. And I'd love to kind of share that across the brands. No, that's awesome. So you're going to show us some of your brands. And then uh, we had talked about maybe kind of zooming out and talking about how you've structured your whole like corporation just to give us maximum context, I guess, and insight. Totally. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do that. And to be honest, I mean, even in real life, like that's how it happened, right? It started with the brands. And then we decided to take a, a higher level of thinking when it came to the company structure. Um, and so we, we changed things up uh, and we made it vertically integrated. Um, So I'd love to talk on that. I'd love to talk about like end goals that people would have um, as they grow their individual POD companies and, you know, how it can lead to an eventual exit even. Um, And so I'd love to kind of touch on that too. And because that's kind of what we're doing. And I would definitely recommend that for your viewers. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome too. Just like being very forward looking, uh, you know, that, that makes it a lot less random when you stumble upon these insane levels of success that people really only dream about. So that's awesome. All right. So uh, did you want to screen share? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, I'll go ahead and start with Canvas Freaks. Um, Okay, so we currently have six active brands in our portfolio. Um, These are all from scratch. Like we've literally built these up. These were ideas that we had and we would create like mock websites, mock sample products. And we just like say, hey, let's launch. Um, So Canvas Freaks, obviously, you know, going with the first episode, we launched this in late 2016. Um, This Brand has developed quite a lot since, you know, since it launched back then. Uh, We have a lot of different product categories from like space to gaming. And you can see we have hybrid product. We have like neon signs. We have canvas prints, acrylic, um, so so many different things that we (laughs) offer. No, I appreciate it. I'm going to hit you up with those neon signs, man. Whenever we move and I build the man cave out, I'm going to have an arcade. So I need those. (laughs) <laughs> no, we, we can fully customize. And that's what I love, right? Like love about what we do. So like on Canvas Freaks, you'll see that there's like a custom text editor. So like if I wanted to make a sign for Ryan, right? Like I can fully customize this different fonts, um, different sizes, different colors, and we'll literally make it exactly the way you'll design it. It could be logos, things like that. Um, there's so much you can do with it. And then, you know, we work with artists, right? And we'll have artists design products. 
Um, so like when we work with them, we're able to come up with a level of creativity that we can't even come up with ourselves. So if I browse by, you know, artists, you'll see all these different people that we're hosting on our site. And, and these individuals are so talented. Um, I would recommend it for a lot of print on demand sellers to not just, you know, make it necessary for you to come up with designs yourselves pay someone on Upwork to do it. If you're not a designer, you know, you can team up with incredible artists and pay them a commission for full transparency on Canvas Freaks. We pay anywhere from 7.5% of our sales to 15% of our sales directly to artists that we That's work awesome. with. Um, and so with every sale, they're able to kind of monetize. And obviously we need that incredible excess margin to pretty much pay for the product to pay for the advertising and everything else that, you know, that happens. So that's what Canvas Freaks is. This company um, at its peak was pretty much doing 5 million a year in revenue. Um, since kind of COVID slowed down, I mean, the brand itself kind of came down a little bit too. And we're working on revamping that, scaling that up. Um, but the most important thing is just to stay profitable and innovate. Too, right? <laughs> they gave everybody uh, a bunch right? of money, you know what I mean? In their bank oh, yeah. account, people went and found a way Absolutely. to spend it. Absolutely. That coupled with the fact that, you know, people weren't shopping in physical stores as much. So yeah, naturally it catapulted our success. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what we've done. Um, this brand Animify Me, this is one of our, I guess, second brand. And the reason why I love this brand so much is because we have a network of artists that can push out up to a thousand orders a day. And so these artists live all over the world from like South America to East Asia um, even some in the US uh, and Europe. And so like, we'll have people upload pictures of themselves and their family, and then we'll turn them into anime characters. Um, and this is really cool because again, there's two different products that we're selling. We're doing a digital print, which we sell by itself. Um, and it's like priced by how many characters you get and things like that. Um, but also we're selling an add-on canvas print or an acrylic print, depending on what they want. And so it really allows us to have this massive average order value, which for this brand is $130. Nice. Um, it's a very seasonal brand, meaning that there are times of the year, like right now where nothing's happening and we're getting 10 orders a day, but then there's like seasonal periods like father's day, Christmas. And we're, I promise you, we're getting like 500 plus orders a day, every single day for like a month. Um, and so it requires really intense like systems in the background to manage this really amazing artists um, and all of that. And so um, we you ended up taking about that this for a second. Sure. Uh, just sorry to cut you off, man. Like the, the upsell, the concept of upsells, like you, you, you show somebody a really good ad, they're going to buy from you. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, by the way, you know, on the way to the checkout, like, what about this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> totally. So uh, to give you context, when we launched this brand, um, our average order value in the beginning was probably around $80. Um, and that's because we didn't optimize it, right? Um, it was successful at $80, but over time we would continue to add upsells. So for example, if you're getting a custom piece of art, why not, or why not get a piece of art from an artist, right? And so we'll host these as well. Um, if you're getting a 12 by nine canvas, why not get a floating frame on top for an extra 30 bucks. Um, and, and so like things like that, step-by-step step, we'll have um, processes in the funnel where, you know, even when you add to cart, it's giving you upsell options. Even when you've reached checkout, it's giving you additional upsell options. Even when you've went past the checkout, it's post-purchase. 
it gives you a one-click option to upgrade the size of your print or something like that. Um, so by doing all of those little mini things, we've managed to get that average order value from $80 to like literally 130 depending on the time of the year. Um, so it's, it's really impressive. And I think that's something that Shopify allows you to do, which is, you know, again, like it's totally possible on Etsy and Amazon, but you have a, a level of control that lets you go higher with it on, uh, on Shopify. Dude, that's so good. And like, again, it's Shopify, so it can be, you know, moved to other brands. You know, once you learn something from this brand, you can maybe implement something similar here. And you mentioned like exactly. a one-click upsell. I always like to just mention, cause like I used to lecture about like web development and stuff like that at the university level. And even like, I mean, it's still on YouTube. It's almost the same. Like the less inputs you ask an end user for, the higher the likelihood of whatever action you want them to take yeah. gets taken. So in this case, hey, buy this. But also if you want to spend extra money, one tap here, you spend extra, you get this extra and keep it simple. You know what I mean? If you give somebody 10 Absolutely. options as an upsell, they might like, you might lose the conversion, you know? Absolutely. And and we test everything. That's That's really important to mention. Because, you know, a lot of times as founders, like we, you know, we have an idea and we think it's great. Um, and so we'll just put it up and then set it and forget it. Right. Uh, it's so important to keep a benchmark of that data to say that, hey, before I make this website change or this upsell change, here is my conversion rate on the site. Here is my add to cart rate. And I'm going to write this down so that once I make the change, I'm going to compare it. Right. Um, and so like, we'll make a change. We'll wait a week. We'll look at that data for the week and compare Like, was it a positive change? Was it a negative change? And more often than not, it hurts our site. It hurts our conversions. Um, and that's so, so important. And people, I feel like don't do that enough. Right. Um, or maybe don't know how my you know solution is just to keep it simple, literally write down the most important metric, which might be conversion rate or average order value. And just compare the before and after. It's it's literally that simple. And and you have a Facebook ads background, so of course you 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 get it, yeah. right? <laughs> like people who run Facebook ads yeah. successfully, that's something they probably obsess over. So, absolutely. Um, and and again, it's totally possible to do the same thing on Etsy, right? Keyword ranking, um, ad spend, changing the profile picture, or sorry, the the main you know photo, um, adding a red border around it, like doing small things like that really optimize your, you know, your product for sales and people just don't do enough testing. Um, super, super important. Uh, diving into Poke Pet Shop. So we turn people's um, pets into Poke Pet cards. As you can see, we do a custom metal print as well as a larger canvas option. We do blankets. Um, and so like we're doing all of this in-house, which is really important to note. What's cool is that, you know, it started with this very simple product right here, which was just the pet. Um, we ended up taking that and iterating it into people, right? So like we made a card for Valentine's Day and then we made a Pokey Dad card, which actually was like such a huge success for Father's Day, right? Um, so taking something that works and then just iterating it over many different categories is something that we do really, really well. Um, so once you like kind of dive into the product, you can see why it's so popular. You know, people love it. People love that it's on a metal uh, wallet size card that they get to carry with them. You know, anyone that loves their pet usually is intrigued by this, even if they're not into the idea. Um, and so again, like you'll see a lot of like happy customers. We get to scale this infinitely, right? Like when it comes to paid ads, um, we're in control of that. We do have listings on Etsy and stuff, but like I said in that first episode, we'll we'll, sh we'll do that listing for a lot less. 
because the type of buyer on those platforms are just different. Um, so yeah, uh, this is the third brand, Pokebat Shop. And I think this is doing around like three and a half million a year in revenue. Um, so really, really cool, cool brand. Dude, that's sick, man. And I love that it's yeah. like positive <laughs> products. It's not just like some like political t-shirt. I hate the president. You yeah. know what I mean? Stoking <laughs> it's like a nice, like positive, like I'm sure the people on yeah. the end feel great. The people gifting it feel great. So I love that. Yeah. I think one of my favorite stories with those two brands, Animify and Pokepet, was we received a message from one of the artists that work with us. And he shared the story of how he managed to buy his family a home on like the salary of creating this artwork. And so it wasn't really a salary like we pay per piece of art. Um, and we make sure that we're like paying the highest rates out of anyone in our niche. And the reason why we do that is because they prioritize our art. They'll, um, the artist will push out larger quantities for us. And we never have issues when it comes to large volume periods. Um, and so, again, just treating people well, right, making products with positive impact. I mean, the reactions that people give us once they receive their gift, like it's it's incredible, man. It like genuinely puts a smile on our face. And then, you know, on the flip side, we're actually profitable, right? We also get to take home a certain amount of money. And that's that's a great, you know, side effect. So, I mean, they go definitely hand in hand. Um, we usually only create products that actually excite us. Um, so again, you'll see that same theme being replicated here. Lovebright.com is another website. We started selling these once they got popular recently. There was a lot, uh, there was a lot of videos that started going viral on TikTok for these light box artworks. So we actually sourced it from China. We got the box, we opened it up, we figured out how it worked, and now we make these in-house. Um, and so you can see a product that we launched that nobody else is offering yet. And it's a custom line art painting. So people will upload an image of their anniversary, of their family. We'll do a line art drawing on the front. We'll print it in full color in the back. And then the, when the light turns on, you can actually see what the end product would look like. Um, again, this is the beauty of doing in-house manufacturing, in-house fulfillment. Literally, it took us seven days to figure this out. And now we're making this in-house. Um, and I mean, I think that's why we're, you know, at the level we're able to be. It's, it's that level of customization. Yeah, dude, these products are amazing. And it's incredible that you're willing to like share them, but it's because you do have that competitive edge. One thing that gets overlooked, I think, in any business venture or really anything people spend their time doing in life. Like if I'm doing anything in life, starting something new, I, I want to have some edge. Like I want to feel like there's a justification for me doing it. If it's like, you know, business or something, if it's something I'm doing for fun, okay, cool. But if it's like, like business and I'm like, oh, I want to try print on demand and if I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm competing with a bunch of experts. It's going to be really hard to succeed. Um, so I, you know, study from people that have been there before, maybe copy their methods, whatever, find a way that I feel like it's justifiable. And I love that, you know, you're doing your own thing here totally. with these products and just killing it, man. Yeah, man. I, I think like my big takeaway, and, and I learned this early on, right? Like we had a designer that used to work for Canvas Freaks. And um, one day he just up and left. I didn't think of any, anything of it. I was like, whatever, you know, like people leave jobs all the time. Um, next thing I know, like a few weeks later, I find a website that has our same products, all of our same designs, very similar theme. And I'm like, this is weird. I dig into the Facebook and I find that like, that's his. He took all of our source files, launched you know a website and i was like okay there's two things i can do right now i could go after him i could sue him or i can we, we do manufacturing i can work with him so i'm like okay i'm going to take that approach i approached him and i said listen i'm not mad i genuinely i don't care you can give us a percentage of our of sales for future sales 
and let us manufacture this product for you and you can pay us for fulfillment. Um, so he did that. And fast forward four years later, um, I think we generated over half a million in revenue from his store and he got to be successful. And it's like, we apply that same framework across everything. I mean, like, even if, you know, people are still selling new websites, we'll work with them. I don't, I don't care. The world is bigger than we all think it is. There's more opportunities and more customers than we could even imagine. Um, and so like, we always take that approach to everything. And it's like, even if I came up with this idea, it doesn't matter. I want other people to share it. They'll run ads. There's going to be more awareness. A lot of those people will come back and end up buying from me. And that's totally okay. Um, and that's just kind of how we think about business and how we think about things. And I feel like that's, you know, genuinely led us to more success than it would have been if we were closed off. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Great perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Totally, man. Um, I'll share our fifth brand, which is driver dynasty. Um, so this one, we started with a very particular product and it was these custom acrylic cards for drivers. And so they can upload a picture of their car um, and we would add like custom stats based on performance and handling and things like that. They could even upload a picture of themselves if they wanted to. And as you can see, it's a similar product, right? It's a metal card, it's the can uh, acrylic print. Um, and so we did that for a while and we couldn't get it profitable. So we actually stopped doing that. This is a really cool product. We would take their cars and turn it into a transformer. Um, uh, totally hand-drawn, right? Like so unique. Um, and this one surprisingly didn't work either. Uh, it didn't work well. But what did work was our third product drop, which was a simple hoodie line art embroidery um, product that we would take people's, like they would upload their picture, create a line art hoodie, and we'd sell this. And so again, like iteration, 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 and finally this hit. And so I think last Q4, we probably did around a half a million dollars in revenue on this product. Really, really unique. Um, and honestly, it broke all of our systems, man, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> We've never done hoodies before. So when we started manufacturing this, quite literally everything broke. It was so much harder than I ever imagined it would be. Um, and and so we, we ended up spending probably 80 hours a week, like me and my co-founders, like working on this really figuring out the process you would think it looks it's simple because it looks so simple but yeah it's, it's not so we actually um purposely stopped running ads to this um and now we're just doing like again the same light box we'll take what works on another brand and now we're applying it into you know different brands so again you can see we'll do a line art of your car and now it's a light box print so like yeah i mean we're making all this stuff in-house so it's like if we're doing it for one brand why don't we do it for other brands right um, and so, yeah, just, just kind of sharing, uh, I don't know if you have any questions. And, about no, that's, this. that's awesome. Man. And just to, just to zoom out for a sec, like when you say, oh, you know, yeah. we couldn't make it work, like, but you're look, you're showing us the product. So just, just to confirm, like you're still making these available on your site so that if you get like organic yeah. traffic that can convert. And if you have one product that is able to be like advertised at a profit, you can still offer the other ones as upsells on the way out. Right. And, and then make that work. So you still keep those products on the site literally hit it on the nose. That is exactly the thought process. Um, you know, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen so often, but it's often enough that it'll pay for the utilities, right. Or, or just be like that additional bit of profit. So, so it really didn't make sense to like hide these products or remove them off the page. It's like, there's still a demand for it. It's just not enough demand that we can create with paid ads. So why not just leave it to be an organic sale? Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. That was our thought process. And that's why we left those. 
Awesome, man. Going into uh, our newest brand, I guess it's Card Beasts. And so this was something where like, you know, there's such a large group of people that sell, excuse me, um, or that have like children, right? That are in like sports leagues and things like that. So we wanted to create these like metal card custom prints that they could kind of like, you know, gift to like the whole team if they wanted to, or just their kid. Um, so that's where we came up with this idea. Again, we have this, the products already. We have the metal print cards. Um, it, it just makes sense to iterate on this. So now we're doing it for like basketball and like, you know, golf or soccer or anything else. Um, and we're hoping this is going to be a huge success because again, there's like tens of millions of kids that this could relate to. And so, yeah, that's our, I mean, we haven't proved concept on this yet, but this is what the website looks like. So if anyone wants to copy it and prove concept for us, let us know and we'll be your manufacturer. That's okay I mean, too. The scope of this too, like, is I, I mean, you know what I mean? What like kids is really who, you know, any, you're selling to any parent with a kid that plays a sport. I feel like that's in terms of just potential, like raw potential. That's huge. Like this is going to be great. Yeah. And more importantly, like I stand by this, right? Every product we launch, it has to have a certain unit economic, right? Like, like the margins have to make sense because we're on Shopify, we're doing paid ads. We have to have a certain percentage go towards the ads. Um, and so like, you know, the metal card's probably my favorite product. And the reason why is because we can sell this for about $50 if we want. And I think, you know, for us to manufacture this in-house to ship it and everything, it's like, it's going out for like maybe seven bucks. Like that is an incredible margin on this piece. Um, and then additionally, you can even charge for the digital print, which a lot of people, you know, I, I've been seeing that trend on Etsy. A lot of people do that now. Um, mm -hmm. So you can make money on kind of both, you know, both parts of it. Um, and that's what we're hoping to accomplish with this, too. So definitely, like, you know, always pay attention to those unit economics because we'll never launch a product unless it always has at least like 70 percent plus, um, which allows us to scale it successfully. And, you know, you're sharing so much value. It's incredible. But just to like zoom out again, because I'm trying to put my myself in the shoes of somebody watching this that isn't like, you know, that, that considers themselves a beginner or even intermediate. Like you said in part one, you dropped out of college, right? So you didn't just get like an MBA from Harvard and you're like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to go sell these products and and I'm going to crunch the numbers and it's going to be easy, right? Like you're, you're like a normal person right. that learned this on the way. Totally. Um, and, you know, funny story, I guess, to tie that up, because I, I didn't realize I didn't go back to it. So like while we were building from 2017, I actually did end up going back to school. Um, and so for me, it was like two reasons. It was like, one, I just wanted to prove that I could do it. Um, but secondly, also, like, I felt like there was something I could learn there. I never worked corporate before we launched all this. So I, like, I always felt like there is some level of value that was there in terms of like organizing teams in terms of leadership and stuff but like I could still learn and so I went back I ended up finishing my undergrad I did my MBA afterwards and I finished that just like a year and a half ago um and to be honest like I I don't regret it at all man I thought it was awesome like going from building first having all the knowledge of business and then going back to doing my MBA like I was able to connect all these dots and like come out with like a higher level of thinking. Um, and that higher level of thinking is what allowed us to build a framework around so much of what we do. I don't believe it's necessary for everyone, but I do think it was necessary for me to level up as an entrepreneur. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, this level of success or even 10 times it could be found by, you know, not even like finishing high school, honestly, right? It just comes down to execution. But um, for me, again, I did feel like it was necessary.
No, I appreciate you sharing that, man. And uh, for sure, like, I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate. I know that, like, I used to sit in those classes and and not, like, I couldn't, like, really comprehend some of the stuff that the teachers would say. Because, you know, without the real world experience to tie it to, it really sometimes was just, yeah. were just words. Uh, but then when I went back and ended up teaching, like, at the college level, even though it was teaching web development, like, I would still, like, I would teach the curriculum, but then I would say, I'm going to come back to this in five minutes and give you a real world example of why you would do That's it. That's awesome. Way. And people, I've those were, those were literally my favorite professors. Like every single time it was like, it would come down to like, okay, are they just speaking from a book or are they like actually tying it back in? And, and so like coming from that world of business, learning the experience, like it was mad impactful for me. And I feel like a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of my classmates didn't get to have that because they just came straight from undergrad directly into their MBA. And, you know, they had nothing to connect it to. Um, and I always see that vast difference, you know, um, but it's awesome that you were a teacher, right? Because like, I feel like for me, that's like my end goal, man, like is to pull up in like a 911 GT3 to class to teach. And <laughs> that's like, that's like where I envision my life in my 40s. So I, I think that'd be really cool. Dude, I, I was a 25 year old teacher at my alma mater in like a Crazy, Z4, man. like a BMW Z4. So I was kind <laughs> of like living that out. Dude. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I uh, love that. I bet you were, you, were the, you were the cool professor for sure. I don't know, probably, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to screen share and show the uh, yeah the rest of the totally. Uh, so those are our six brands, right? Um, I, I definitely wanted to share the level of customization that we do within our company, um, and and just to show that like that's really what it takes to stand out from the crowd. Um, you know, I think all the POD apps are incredible. And obviously, it really comes down to what your design is, you know, in order to make it successful. Um, but, you know, we don't just focus on, like, awesome designs, we also focus on awesome products. And so, you know, when you combine the two, I feel like it really helps level you up. Um, I had a friend, actually, um, that had this company, it was Family Gifts Co. Uh, hopefully it comes up. And so, um, he, yeah, so I'll, I'll just, I just wanted to kind of share this design while speaking on it, because again, this is just canvas prints. This is something that everyone's offered since day one. It's nothing unique, nothing special, but he did come up with this design. And when he came up with this design, which allowed people to customize and put their family names, um, he actually did $20 million the first year he launched, which was insane to me. Um, and it broke all of his systems. He had thousands of upset customers, but like, you know, obviously he fixed all that. He, he made things right with the customers. Um, and, and it just comes down to like, you know, what happens when you have the right design with the right product and you combine those two with strong creatives and paid ads, man, you can, you can really take this thing to the moon. So like my advice, I guess, to maybe some of the viewers that have turned on demand stores is if you have a product that's doing really well on Etsy, on Amazon, et cetera, um, and you think it has that potential to scale i mean partner up with somebody that has experience in the paid ads world you don't have to do it all yourself you don't have to launch a new website and do all of that yourself you could just partner with someone that has that experience and then just use that as like side income you know um and still just replicate the process that you've done on etsy or amazon so um yeah definitely just wanted to kind of share i that. agree with that too i love that like i always kind of like I, on my micro scale i preach like hey if you can sell this on amazon you can sell it on etsy too so make sure you're on both 100%. Platforms, you know i agree with that and as long as you're doing all the work necessary right like if you're literally just listing and forgetting i i mean there's still going to be a level of income that comes in but obviously i do believe like personally that you know your six your level of success on it will be capped um, so I, I think that like, if you're doing that, that's amazing and you should do it, 
but dive deep into the weeds of it, right? Um, right, right, and, right? And it really just depends on what your goals are, what your business goals are. If you're trying to make an extra couple thousand dollars a month, then you don't need to do that really. But if you want it to replace your income, become a full-time thing, then I think it's necessary. Um, right, right, right. So and talking then, about taking like a, a listing that generates you like maybe $500 a month and taking the same yeah. listing, making it a $5,000 a month listing by because you studied Etsy, you learned the ins and outs and you checked every single box to position it as well as you possibly could. Is that kind of what exactly. you Exactly. That, that is. And, and I think everybody should have like a checklist, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is like, okay, did I test the product image itself? That, that main image that people are using to find me, you know, am I testing enough, you know, tags and key terms and things like that? Um, and, and you should be continuously doing that to test against, again, those previous benchmarks of what has been the case. So again, going from 500 to 5,000, I, I do think that's the level of, you know, granularity that it takes. Um, I don't think it's necessary for everyone to do it. It just comes down to what your business goals are. Um, but again, if you want to scale that up, yeah, I, I think that's what you have to expect. That's the level of work you'll have to put in. I love that, man. I love that. And again, you're talking about setting goals. Yeah. You're talking about reverse engineering. If you want to make 10 mil, being realistic about getting to that number, not just making yeah. a random <laughs> t-shirt in a random niche and being like, why didn't it make 10 million in sales? You know, like acting right. with intent, you know? And, and I mean, like we spoke about this a little bit, Ryan, like, you know, when it comes to like courses and things like that, I think a lot of times, you know, there'll be these amazing headlines that says, you know, make your first million in print on demand revenue. Personally, I, I think it's possible, right? It genuinely is possible for everyone to study that course, to learn it, to implement those learnings and, and get there. It, I mean, the outcome that you're going to have, it just it literally comes down to your output, right? Like how much time are you going to put into it? So set those expectations realistically based on the outcome that you want. If you want that $10 million outcome, I mean, yeah, you need $10 million worth of effort, right? Um, and, and 100%, man. Like I think we both experienced that while growing our companies, right? Like that is a reality. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so I just wanted to kind of showcase how, I guess, even like going back to that MBA conversation, um, how it changed my framework, right? Initially, we were just brands. We had canvasfreaks.com. We had Animify Me maybe at this stage. And I thought to myself, like, there's something bigger here, right? If I continue growing these brands individually, that's cool, but they're all going to like one bank account. There's like mixed financials, mixed teams and all this stuff happening. What if I thought about it in a higher level. And so this is the structure that we came up with for our company. We created a holding holdings company called A3 Ventures. And then we just put all of our brands into buckets within our brand portfolio. We created an agency, which was literally our internal marketing team, which had all this experience on print on demand, personalized gifting. And we said, hey, why don't we turn this into a front facing agency to help others achieve the same numbers that we have? And so we created Agency X and then we took our manufacturing and we separated that into its own manufacturing company. And by doing that, what it allows is it allows us to have different bank accounts, clean financials. If at any point I want to sell just canvasfreaks.com for a few million dollars, I can do that. If I want to sell just animifyme.com, I can do that. Um, if I want to buy additional brands and add it to this portfolio, I can do that in a really clean and clear cut way. Um, and it allows us to increase the value of the holdings company, which, you know, our end goal is to sell it to maybe private equity, right? Um, or at any point I want to raise capital for it, I can do that. 
Um, so yeah, school allowed me to kind of come up with this kind of a framework into thinking about my business, my company, um, and, you know, reverse engineering and, and creating this structure. So I'm pretty grateful for that. Um, and I think this is how we plan to scale as a company is by individually growing all the bands, brands, obviously, but additionally, I want to buy other print on demand companies. I want to buy really awesome, you know, products and things like that and add them to our portfolio to scale that up as an enterprise. Um, so that's kind of what we're up to. And hopefully that, you know, helps provide some context. Yeah, dude, not nah, for sure. Like this is, it's almost like future you is, is telling present day you, Hey, do this because <laughs> you've got some, obviously like probably a massive payday waiting for you at some point in the yeah. future, if, you, or if, or when you guys decide to exit. And like the fact that you'd already have structured this, this way is going to make that infinitely cleaner and easier so that is super smart and like while probably nobody watching this myself included uh is ever going to get this far but like i love that you yeah. shared it no for I, I mean i actually think it's like important to implement a lot of these like even if you're not there right um so going back into like make your company sellable so like you might be doing an etsy store or an amazon fba company or even a shopify and so like you want to make sure like depending on how large you are, obviously you want to have some level of scale, but you want to clean up the financials. You want to make sure you have systems and, you know, processes in place for everything so that like you can replace yourself one day as a founder, sell the company or whatever. Um, I think there's two ways to really make up money uh, in business, right? And one is the cash flow and the profit that your business brings in, right? Aside from any salary you're paid. Um, and then the second part that a lot of people leave out is that you can sell your company, right? Um, and there's certain steps that you have to take in order to sell your company. And there's a certain level of learning that is required. Um, so even though it might not apply to 99%, I think anyone doing a side hustle should at least be thinking about these things because, you know, you might not be ready now, but you might be ready in two years. And so if you apply the right frameworks, then you can build it in a way that allows you to sell that company. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, how I've thought about it. And I wish someone told me that three years ago. No, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing these insights. And just out of curiosity too, I love the, the framework concept that you can apply to different, like, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, but like anywhere they can go outside of going back to college, getting an MBA, like anywhere they can go to maybe learn, get some insights, tips, et cetera. Yeah, um, there are so many courses, surprisingly, online on, um, you know, like M&A, mergers and acquisitions, um, making your company ready for exit. Obviously, YouTube University is the first and foremost. Um, I'll definitely send over some links. I can't remember any off the top of my head that I would send over. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of educational resources to use. Um, I'll definitely send those over because I want to make sure it's like vetted, strong resources um, rather than just kind of spitballing something off the top of mind. No, I really appreciate that. And yeah, any links you send, I'll put in the description. So I do really appreciate that. Of course, YouTube, man, they, it has everything. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all this like incredible insights. You packaged years of experience and tens of literal, literally tens of millions of dollars of revenue into like bite-sized chunks that we can all learn from. And I'm sure everybody's grateful. Guys, let him know in the comments, please. Let him know that you appreciate him being here. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave us with uh, before we head out? And also follow him on um, Instagram, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the only like main thing I would say is, all right, so like e-commerce is obviously very difficult, right? No matter what platform you're on. 
Um, it's, it's just about being intentional about it. Um, I know I said this multiple times already. I think there's so many business models that can work for everybody to make money online. It's about sticking to one and just putting like really you're all into it. And, you know, it's funny because like I'm on this and I know there's so many ways to make money, whether it's social media marketing, whether it's drop shipping, whether it's print on demand. The one that I actually recommend to everybody is print on demand. So if you're not doing print on demand, you should. Right. And if there's anyone to learn from, it's Ryan. Right. Um, you absolutely need to start, I think, on Etsy, because I think that's like the lowest hanging fruit. You don't need to spend a lot of money but you should start small. Don't try to make the biggest company in the world from day one. Just start small, right? Start with like simple listings and learnings and, and you'll step up from there. Being in, I mean, getting to even my stage, which, you know, I think is minuscule compared to others. It, it's all about just that daily grind. I've been doing it for seven years, right? Um, and so of course, like I've managed to get here, but it's seven years of daily inputs. Um, so hopefully, you know, there'll be a lot of people that are watching this where seven years from now, they've like, far more than surpassed me. And I think that's very possible. No, I love that perspective. And I know it's like very relatable. Um, like I get that. That's why people like say that my content resonates. Cause I would post like income reports when I was making, you know, a hundred dollars a month. Right. I, <laughs> I love that. that like, Hey, I just kept going and going and going and, you know, developing processes that, you know, right. you could iterate through and make them more optimal. And I just never gave up, you know, and then you automate as much as possible and just keep pushing further. And, uh, you know, and then you look back that, and you're like, was... damn, yeah. That was me for years, man. Like same, same process, right? Like literally, I, I don't think we made our first thousand dollars online for that first like eight months, man. Like it, it was not easy. Um, I was blessed enough to like be in my parents' home, you know, have that freedom at that time, like seven years ago. But um, yeah, absolutely, man. It's just daily inputs. There's no easy way around it. So yeah. Yep. Setting an intent and uh, following through, chipping away every day, you know, that, that, that'll get you places in life. So Hey, this, is, this has been great, Ahmed. Thank you so much, man. Uh, friend of the channel officially now. We've done two interviews. Uh, if, again, when you crack $100 million and maybe even before <laughs> then, I definitely want to have you back and yeah. just like celebrate. And, and, and I don't know, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of like great questions too in the comments. So I'm not going to commit you to a part three, but hopefully at some point, maybe towards the end of the year, we can bring you back. Absolutely, man. I'd, I'd love to just reach out. Let me know. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, Anybody that so has much. questions. Um, definitely just DM me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys. Quit. Yeah. And hit him up on threads too. The, 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 uh, Instagram, one. that's how we met. So threads too. Totally. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. Hey, everybody again, hit that like button, subscribe. If you're not already drop us a comment, even if it's just a thank you. And, uh, we'll see you guys at the next one.